You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Lad Unscripted Podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Anna T. Gray's with me again today. This is a more, it's a serious topic today. First of all, the show's brought to you by blessedbodywear.com, purveyors of fine women's fitness wear. Exactly. That's a bit of a throwback to the, what, 60s? I wasn't alive then. Purveyors? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so so you're working on spring designs right now, right? I am working. And uh-huh. we have some massive news, but we're not going to be able to release it probably for 30 days at least. Yeah, wait on it. It's a teaser. <laughs> and Silver Bullet. And Silver Bullet anti-aging. Anna, what has Susie Bell done for you? She has brought me back to life. Actually, what she's done for you <laughs> is working out pretty good for me too. <laughs> no, seriously, um, about a year and a half ago, I was so tired I could hardly function and everybody I knew would say of course you are raising three under three like you're you're supposed to be tired and I'm just like you know what no I know myself something's wrong went to my regular doctor and they're like no everything seems right and finally I went to a hormone specialist Susie Susie Bell she checked all my hormones and she's like nope you're off uh And then she got me all squared away and I feel like myself again. Most of all, what I love is the fact that she is an athlete herself. She's compete. So she has that knowledge knowing that our bodies are different from your And she's a woman that's around the same age too, right? Population. Yeah, Yeah, but you know you know what I mean? Like I do. Um when you are fit. Keenly aware. You know what? When I went to get my boobs done. Mm Mm-hmm. She said boobs. They didn't give me enough anesthesia because they didn't take in consideration that I was so fit and that I had the so much muscle for my body weight that I, I woke up twice during the surgery, which is something that I wish I didn't. Um, so most doctors don't take that in consideration. So that's what I love about Susie. There you go. Silver bullet anti-aging. You giving me any coffee <clears throat> Somehow before this became show. became boobs, but I'm, I, I'm not arguing with that. We'll roll with that. Silverbulletantiaging.com. Okay. Today's show, uh, what, what, what I did is I just pinged our, our, my group on, on good, uh, the unscripted group on Facebook. Yep. And, uh, and Can Rick, anybody join the group? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's unscripted group. Just look for it. And, I, and if you do there, I'll get a request and I'll let you in unless you're an axe murderer or something like that. But uh, Rick and Amanda yep. uh, suggested. Uh, you asked for topics. I asked for topics. What would you like? Is planning next week's podcast with Anna Tigre. Any ideas what you like to listen to? And uh, Rick and Amanda got back with why religion, belief in God matters. We'd be interested in your thoughts. We, that's like... 32 shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and we, we've talked about this because we thought, okay, that's a, that's a good topic, yeah. but my gosh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big job. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the, why religion belief in God matters is, is so is, is okay. Are we talking about like a sociological, uh, sociological, 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 so, so, sociology, sociology, <laughs> <laughs> you know, are we talking about society as a whole? Are we talking about, what are we talking about? And, yeah. and really all we can really speak to is our, our own experience. Right. Right. Absolutely. 
And so, so for me, it was. You go ahead, Terry. Go I'm going to go since, ahead since you know I'm the oldest. The I've lady. got seniority. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liable to fall asleep before the end of the podcast more than you are. I'm 60 now. <laughs> um. But like, I, I wasn't raised with, you know, I wasn't raised with a lot of uh, religion and church and stuff like that. I mean, there were some there, but back in those days, uh, because my mom had divorced and, and I was born out of wedlock, well, right away, that kind of disqualifies you from you right. know, a lot Even of churches. Even entering a church. Back in the 60s, early yeah. 60s, right? So so it wasn't something that was a big part of my life. As I got a little bit older, I got involved in, in a Catholic church and, and like that, and I, I liked it to a point. Uh, and then there were some issues there. And so, I, you know, I stopped going to church, but it was never anything that was, you know, something we had to do all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my grandmother lived in a very small town uh, in Canada, a small farming community and knew a lot of the people that went to church. And so, you know, she was the... She had her ideas about that. Well, she had her own <laughs> ideas, but she was very... And she had her own approach to things. Like she, she's the one that actually got me reading the Bible for the first time. Right. And, uh, and, and, and don't get mad at me. These are her words. But one day she was telling me that it's in the Bible. It says, thou shalt not piss on thy neighbor's board fence. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's no way, Grandma. It doesn't say piss in the Bible. It wouldn't say swear word in the Bible. Yes, it does. And she swore it was in the Bible, right? Yeah. So she started me reading the book of Matthew. And so I went through the book of Matthew looking for the word piss. Never found it, of course. Yeah. And well, maybe it wasn't Matthew. Might have been Mark, maybe. I don't know. Like, so she got me reading the Bible She kept you going. But how else would you get a kid that's, I mean, a preteen? kid you know to right. read the bible but right. it worked right i right. read this bible now a lot of it didn't didn't sink in but it made me aware of the bible sure and then uh it was later in life actually it was when i was a cop mm -hmm. and uh my partner at the time we worked together and for two years this guy was a christian guy yeah and i brutalized this guy Terrorized about him. oh i did about his faith like every joke was you know and at the time there was a you know a very famous televangelist that went up into a prayer tower and you know was gonna stay up there until he died unless somebody gave him a million dollars or something stupid like that you know one of those clowns and and uh and so i called him a pole climber and that was that was his nickname was pole oh climber gosh. right and and so but that was the way it was for two years mm -hmm. and then there was a series of events that took place uh and and there was another christian guy that was uh management i guess senior a senior officer in the department and he was just a jerk mm -hmm. like a total jerk mm -hmm. most judgmental guy in the world most self-righteous guy in the world yep but there was another guy that went to bat for me yep. and he was one of my inspectors so he was upper management he was a guy who wore a white shirt he was uh and so anyway he went to bat for me because he went to bat for me he basically lost his position and they stuck him in support services which meant a huge pay cut because he's not working shift work not working right. holidays desk now stuck him there for five years wow because he stood up for me right and uh, and we so talked about what it. was right well yeah and he was a very principled guy and but very very understanding guy he's a guy that i would go to and i would talk to about things were going on in my personal life mm -hmm. well years later it turned out he became chief of police you see so yeah. it all came back to him and so mm -hmm. but it was him my partner mel and then it was elaine mm -hmm. and uh, and then i you know i ended up giving my life to christ right and and the reason was is it was you know i was trying to run things and it was a complete freaking disaster mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and uh trying to do the right thing very principled guy uh trying to be a very honorable guy but mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, if you live in a bubble somewhere, yep. you know, you can do that. But when you're in a situation and I could give you a thousand examples, but look at a divorce. If you're, you know, you and Elaine have been doing a series on, on abusive relationships and, mm-hmm. and certainly being a cop, you see so much of this where you see a, a, a horribly abusive relationship. So you can stay in the marriage Mm-hmm. and put your kids and yourself through that and your family and everybody else, or you can get out of it, get a divorce, and then put your kids and your family and everybody else through a divorce. So there's no right, like there's no way of getting out of this without getting banged up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Without your kids being affected and everybody being affected. And so you just make your best decision at the time, mm-hmm. right? And there's so many other things besides divorces. There's just so many careers. Oh, yeah. Like the world, that's, that's yeah, the trust world. Trust me, live life out there in the, in, in, you know, where you're actually out there doing things and not living in a bubble and, and everything's not so cut and dried. And a lot of the quote unquote religion at the time mm-hmm. that I was exposed to was very cut and dried. Yeah. Everything's black and white. And what I realized is there's, on that line of life, there's a little, little dot of black on one end, a little, little dot of black of white on the other, and a whole lot of gray in the middle that we have to navigate. And I just did a horrible job in that job of navigating it. And so uh, without going into all the details, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 30, thinking, okay, I give up, you know, with what Mel and and Murray and, and Elaine are telling me is true. You know, I, I got like... I've utterly failed at everything here. I'm racked with guilt and regret and, you know, all right. like that. And nothing's working out. So I, I gave my life to Christ and, and it didn't immediately get better. It immediately got worse. Always. But I, I understood why later, you know, somebody explained why and, and what it is, is of course the enemy, Satan, mm-hmm. you know, when you turn away from him and you go to God, he's going to do everything he can to tempt you and bring you back. Right. Sure. But I lived by those Christian principles as best I could. Yeah. And, um, and here I am today. And of course now it's, for me, it's a whole different level now. And what it is, is in, in the Christian faith, and I'm a Christian in the Christian faith, faith is the key word. Right. And what it is, is, uh, you know, we, we don't, I haven't shook hands with God. It's not religion. No, it's not religion. And Big I think you between. start there, you know, it's not religion. It's no. your own personal relationship with God. No, and I mean, the word religion itself, is it a religion? Of course, Christianity is a religion, I guess, theoretically. But when we talk about, or when I talk about religion, what religion is, is it's law. And when you, if you understand the Bible, the Pharisees were basically the, the group of people. They were the religious law keepers of the time. You know, mm-hmm. they made all the rules and, you know, and they had people stoned and killed and all yep. this other stuff. And they kept all the rules. Right. Uh, that was religion. Right. And, and, uh, and then Jesus basically challenged that when he came onto this earth. And that was his whole, that's the whole New Testament is him challenging that and ultimately being put to death by those you know, same people yeah. by those same people, and so uh, that in itself is symbolic of a, a spiritual relationship, yeah, with God and a religious relationship, absolutely. And and so I chose the spiritual one, and so, uh, and I would say since I met you, you have grow grown exponentially. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, you know, when I met you, I was done with being married. I was done with relationships. I was done with that's women. My fault. You know, not that I was going to the other team either, but I was just done with <laughs> with you know, I, I was done. You're gonna go be a hermit. Well I had buddies that were like in their fifties and they're like, you know, hey I'm never getting married, you know <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you, you know. And I was just kinda healing from the last 
marriage that lasted 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and it mm-hmm. fell apart. And, and, uh, and so it's just like, I just wanted to try to get my life squared away. So I really got into fighting and I was really working a lot and that's how I consumed my days. You know, I'd be training five hours a day and, yeah. and then traveling a lot and working and, and, after I kind of got past that, it was starting to build that relationship with God. When you came into my life and we started dating, mm-hmm. um, you know, we both were heading in the same direction. Yeah. And that's when things started to grow. And and really what, what I mean by grow is there, there's two ways for me that signify growth in my life. One is faith, mm-hmm. my faith that God exists and my faith that God is there and he's taking care of things. Yeah. And then I can let go. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, is my knowledge of, of the scripture. Yeah. And, and what I see and now, I haven't said anything about myself yet, but what I see in you is you were definitely a faithful Christian when I met you, but probably around the time we got married around that time, what I see is you got to start listening to other preachers and like that. And you became like service to God. It wasn't repentance anymore. It wasn't, you know, okay, I made so many mistakes that now I'm going to just, my, my wants and needs don't matter. I'm here to serve God because, you know, because I want to do it right. And then it became, you know what? I forgive myself. I, you know, he has forgiven me, so I'm moving forward to serve him, but on a different light. And the hardest part of that is forgiving yourself. God Absolutely. gives you, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Yeah. And, and he did that because as human beings, we will always be sinners. Yeah. You know, the only person that isn't a sinner is a fool because he thinks he's not a sinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and that's just it. We're always, you know, that's the battle, mm-hmm. you know, the battle between good and evil. And, and, uh, for me, as my faith grew, and what that means is, it, it, and I use this analogy, you know, if I've got $50 in my bank account, and that's all I'm ever going to have, you know, it doesn't take a lot of faith to give somebody my pin number. Mm-hmm. If I've got $5 million in my account, mm-hmm. it takes more faith mm-hmm. to give my pin number. And there's mm-hmm. always this, there's a story that I heard once, it was actually in church, and it's a story about a guy that gets up and he's a multimillionaire, very successful guy. And he's telling his testimony and he's saying, you know, well, five years ago I came to church and, you know, I, I took, I only had $1. So I took that dollar. That's all the money I had in the world. And I put it in the collection plate and had faith and why here I am. And I'm a multimillionaire. You know, mm-hmm. I got $5 million now, you know, very yep. successful guy. And some guy in the back stands up and says, can you do it again? Right. Can you put Every dollar that you've got in the collection <laughs> exactly. plate. And the, the dollar is not so hard to give. The five million right. is a lot harder to give. Right. When you get to a point, I'm at that point now where to me now there's no difference between the dollar or the five million dollars. It really right. isn't to me. And just because you just said that, God's going to test you on that. <laughs> well, he tests me every day. He's going to give me five million dollars. Yeah, maybe. You know, and honestly, I would. Just to give it away. Just because my focus in life now is, and this is the the concept of service that you brought up. Yeah. And and what it is is I've I've understand I'm understand I've had money, lost money, got money back, lost money, been married, lost that. You know, I've had friends come and go, family members that you know don't want to have nothing to do with you. Like everything there is to lose, other than my life, Mm -hmm. I've just about Mm -hmm. I've lost Mm -hmm. and got back. Yep. And and the thing it is, is that what stays a constant is God. And through all those things, 
He's always been there and I've always found meaning and purpose in every one of those losses, every one of those struggles, every one of those tragedies, everything. There's always loss. So when yeah. it comes now, uh, and there's a verse in the Bible that says, invite trials for they make you stronger. I firmly believe that because I've lived that for the last 30 years. Sure. You know, every one of those things has made me stronger. And I, I look back to my childhood and I had a very uh, difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Put it mildly, yeah. And it was just trying to make sense of that. And then I get to this point, you know, we've done the podcast on Crystal, you know, Mm -hmm. our foster son's biological mom. Well, the reason I was be able to build a relationship with her is in many ways. You could could relate to her. Yes, because I've been there. I understand it. You know what I mean? And so now that makes sense why. He just prepared me so I could serve him later. And and when when I embrace the concept that being a Christian and having faith in God is not so things get easier and more comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. It's my job. He's, he's not here to serve me. I'm here to serve him. That is a, yeah, that is a concept that uh, us human beings, it and doesn't I think come a lot natural of people don't get us. that. No, it doesn't come natural to us. We, you know, we want what we want and we, we seek comfort even when we don't realize we seek comfort. Right. And uh, we, you know, we've discussed that many times, even, even we catch ourselves start to make plans, you know, well, if this goes well this way, then let's do this. And mm-hmm. then we, we stop ourselves and like, hold on, it's going to be whatever God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. It's not about what we want, well, really. Obvious example, you brought this up for the podcast and, and this is it. Like, I'm a very private, I'm an introvert believe it or not. Yep. We're both very private. You're yes. even more so than I am. <laughs> Remember when you first met me? Right. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you two no. words about no, anything. anything. <laughs> you know? And so the thing of it is, I is was that raised to be a very do, private person. Yes. Doing this podcast. Right. And the stuff we talk about, because this is our real life. Yes. This is stuff that we go through. Right. This is our marriage coming to the brink. This is us having a battle about something and figuring right. it out. This is this is us struggling with things. This is this is it's not something not we made up. We don't want to no. put our personal life out there. But like, it's just like God. We just want to be like everybody else. Look at our cute picture right. at the fountain. Look yeah. at our perfect look at how young I look. <laughs> with three filters, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> but the thing is, is that uh, it was just you know there's. Again, as a Christian, I believe in you know the Trinity, right? There's God, there's Jesus Christ, there's the Holy Spirit, right? And and so the Holy Spirit is that little voice, that conscience, or whatever you want to call it, but I call it that God. It's yeah. the Holy Spirit. Inside of me, when you get really, really quiet, he'll say, okay, do this, do that, don't yep. do this, I want you to do this. He'll put yep. a desire in your heart to do something. Yep. And you go, well, yeah, once and you I- you think it's for one reason and then- Right. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's just to get you going down a certain yeah. road only yeah. to give you, reveal something the else. real reason why yes. you're going that road later. Yes. And so that's the way the Holy Spirit works in yep. your life, right? And so it was this podcast thing and I've done podcasts before. I used to do one on fitness, yeah, fitness, fitness stuff. And it was, and yeah. yeah, I didn't have to reveal anything about myself, right. you know. And it was extremely successful, right? Like a very successful. And and uh, and then it was this one. It's like I don't want to do this at this point in my life. And I just well, I wanted to do it less. You want to do even less than me. <laughs> and, and then I would sit here and you start talking about stuff, and I'm like, Are you really? talking about I know, that. right? Like I you called me out so a couple weeks ago. Mad. But hey, that, you know, and then you're like, no, but that's when what we started God's telling this me pod- to do. When we started this podcast, it was never supposed to be about the stuff. It was supposed to be about fitness. Yes. And I don't think we've talked about anything to do with fitness. Right. But this is the thing. This is what he keeps putting on our heart to talk about. Yeah. And, 
and what's happening is, uh, and this is something as a listener you wouldn't know, but uh, people are reaching out. Oh my gosh, yeah, the messages that. that we're getting, and mm-hmm. you know, thanks. You know, you're, you know, we're helping people with their marriages. We're we helping them no make decisions idea. about their yeah. life, and it's like, wow, I never anticipated this in a million years. Right. And 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 the fact that I put this out, and somebody writes and says, okay, I'd be interested in your thoughts. And the question was, why religion, belief in God matters? Would be interested in your thoughts, right? And I'm thinking, why would anybody be interested in my thoughts, right? You know, right? But but that's just it. You know, is is that God wants to use you for something he'll ask you to do this thing right, right? And, and it's so, so uncomfortable i so, mean in my life i uh, you know i was the opposite i was raised catholic i think most of brazil is, is still catholic um and it just that was just part of my everyday we went to church every sunday but you know there's lots and lots and lots of rules but there was not uh, relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I never understood having to go and talk to somebody about how you sin and then you have to repent and, and you know, you say 10 Hail Marys or whatever. Like, I, that never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and then as you get to be a teenager or whatever, you, you know, I rebelled against it and I kind of walked away. I never stopped believing in God, but I, I didn't know you could have a relationship with God without having religion attached to it. Mm -hmm. And my 20s and my early 30s, that's when, you know, I made a lot of decisions, like you said, that you regret because um, you have no guidance, like you don't have guidelines. You don't, you're not listening to your Holy Spirit. You're Mm -hmm. not connected to your inner voice. And, you know, he will talk to you when you want to hear him. Um, and sometimes he's just going to wait until you're ready. And usually you're not ready until you're smashed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on your face and you're like, okay, I have nothing else. So, uh, are you there? Well, I always and, say, I always say he whispers to you first and yeah. he shouts a little louder. And if you don't do it then, then he hits you with a two by four. And I got hit with a two by four, you know, and it was, um, my divorce and I was like, okay, I, you know, I've made all, all these decisions and and they're all it makes no sense my 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 life has no purpose has no meaning and i need i can't this this can't be it mm-hmm. and then i committed and then i met you we started dating and you were already in a in a track where you had a relationship with god and you would not walk into a church if anybody paid no. you no. like at that point you were like you can't get me to a church. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, okay, I, I I'm cool with to, that. I had, been, I had been to a church. I had been to a church. Yeah. And, and, uh, and back when I lived in Canada, there was a church we went to for 10 years and I loved that church. Mm-hmm. It was just great. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I just really had a hard time. I couldn't find a church that I that really connected. felt comfortable. Yeah. In. Like I'm not going to go in there. I don't need some, guy to stand up there or girl yeah i don't need somebody to stand in a pulpit and tell me what i did wrong that week i I know know. keenly (laughs) aware right i need some guidance i need some acceptance and some grace i don't need to be judged right and uh like there's one church you and i went to here you know we went walking up and the pastor's there with his wife and they got their little dog and we've got three little toddlers that are around one year old each you know and so they see the dog and they're over there trying to pet the dog well then some other people came up and basically they rushed us along 
along. Like, yes. okay, go, go, go now. Yeah. They're like sending they're us annoyed. away. Yeah. They're annoyed because our kids are touching their dogs. Like, well, don't show up here with a dog, you know, <laughs> the kids, you know? And so, you know, you got stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, I can't, this, this isn't the place for me. Yeah. And, and if I got to talk myself out of the tree for two hours after I leave a church on Sunday, right. that's not the right church for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and, and then I was on the same page. I was on I the same page. I know people that love that church. Right. And love that pastor. Speaks you know, to them. Fred Krause is a great guy and is a guy that I really, really admire and look up to. Yeah. He's a, a great bodybuilder. He's part of the LA Sheriff's Department. He's the chaplain there. Uh, he works with their SWAT team, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Fred's a devout Catholic. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, you know, that's not what works for me, but, but uh, now uh, we found a church. We love our church. Yeah. Uh, we recommitted. Both of us got baptized again. Yep. You don't have Last to get year. baptized just once, yep. but we yep. did it to recommit to each other and to God. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the purpose for virtually everything since, that ever you and I do. Ever since we got baptized, just so you know, in every single way, our life fell apart. Like yes. it, it imploded. Yes. And it's just now we're starting to come out yeah. of that. And it's just a test because he's going to test you. How committed well, are you? It was a test and also what it was is, okay, where's your faith? Right. You know, because there was things and we don't, we, we, we're going to run out of time today if we start going down the list, but there were things that were happening. It's just like, okay, this we can't pull this out of the fire. If right. this happens, it's a miracle. Yeah. And it would be a miracle. And there was, that has been miracle after miracle, miracle after, after miracle. I started writing a journal just because I, I don't yeah. think I can, I, I know I can't remember it all. Yeah. So I'm writing a journal every day now about how, what I see him doing in and life this, and where he's leading us. And this has been me, you know, ever since I started building my relationship with God, you know, at first you test the waters and then I got stronger and stronger in my faith. Um, and then he started calling me to become a foster mom. And I'm like, what? Had to convince my husband that he came kicking and oh screaming every step of the way. And I'm like, really, God? Like, you want me to do this, but I'm going to lose my marriage over this? <laughs> like, how does that make any sense? And I had, I had to commit because you hear that voice. And you're like, just because you were uncomfortable with it, mm -hmm it didn't take away the fact that I heard it. And he's like, no, you need to stand up and fight because I'm telling you to do it. God's going to put know? you in some uncomfortable places. Absolutely. For me, I'm looking at 57. There was not a human <laughs> being on this planet that I knew that thought me being a foster parent was no, a good idea. No, there's nobody I knew. I lost, I lost almost all my friends yep. and even acquaintances. Mm -hmm. I had people that were so upset to the fact that we were be even becoming parents, period. Yeah. That and then friends and family members that w we weren't real parents because we that, were just foster parents. Right. There has been all kinds. And then, you know, you know, foster parenting comes with the drama of the kids that come in with the past. They are not, you know, they have not been a part of your life their whole life. So it, there, it's, that's a whole nother topic, but meaning... I'm okay with that because I know what I heard. I know what's inside of me. And so, you know, some, sometimes I, I wonder, especially in the beginning, cause like I said, I have always been very private. I was raised to like not share which candidate you vote for, not share how much money you make and not which are still pretty good ideas. Really? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not share anything about religion is one of those topics you don't talk about. Right. And, and so why talk about God in this podcast? It's because 
this podcast only exists because of God. Right. Uh, my life right now only exists because of God. I was not raised to be a, a, a mom of three toddlers with no help. And, you know, I was raised to be like a, a, a bougie. <laughs> Crystal calls it bougie. A you were supposed to be girl. the wife of a, you're supposed to have a degree, an engineering yeah. degree that you never used, yep. but you're supposed to be married to some guy yeah, that's wealthy and pays servants. for all the bills you have a maid and he probably Dairy. has a mistress. Come on. And, well, I'm falling down the mistress department. No mistress, okay? No mistress, no maid. Well, a couple of maids would be okay. <laughs> No, but, yeah, but that's it. I, and that's the thing. You talked about the, you know, we talked about the foster parenting thing. And, and really it's, you know, I, I'd reached the point where I was very comfortable in my life. Mm -hmm. And then you want to be, you know, a, a foster parent. I'm going, like, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> like, understand, I don't get to retire. Yep. This is the rest of my life. I'll never know a day of my life without work in it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and responsibilities and bills and right. I'll be 80 years old, still trying to earn a living, you know, right. and, and, uh, and it will be so much of a living that I can't be a greeter at Walmart. You know what I mean? It's gotta be some, <laughs> it's gotta be a significant wage. Right. And, and so, but I fought that like the classes. I remember the 10 weeks of classes we went to yeah. in the first two weeks is like, I was so bitter yes because we had to take this stupid thing and uh and, and daddy such a you bad said idea. stupid <laughs> you'd be in so much trouble right now i would be the napping uh but it was like and then the next week we go in there and we're talking about traumatized kids and, and the different kind of trauma sexual abuse physical abuse starvation you know neglect all that kind of stuff well virtually every kind of trauma that they talk about I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. And so it became almost therapy for me. So then it was like, okay, I want to go next week because this is helping yeah. me. And I remember saying, okay, even at the end of this, I don't care. I don't want to have foster kids, yeah. but this is really helping me. So I want to finish the course. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and so, but then at the end, it, you know, it, it had helped me so much that now I wanted to, I, you know, I, I was ready to be a foster parent. Right. Yep. And was very ready to help kids, you know? Yeah. And, and that was, the the first time it really 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 dawned on me that all of those horrible things that should never happen to a child that happened to me were were there because it was preparing me it's like doing leg day if you're going and you're doing squats and you squat till you puke and you come out of there and you you know you feel horrible that's how your legs grow. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't do that, you know, not that you have to puke every time, but if you don't <laughs> experience the pain and mm -hmm. the difficulty and you're not sure if you can get through the work, blah, blah, blah. If you don't do that, that, that's what makes you grow. And it's the same thing in life yeah. is that those hard, hard times, you can choose to draw a lesson from those. Yeah. And like, like kids that have been sexually abused, that's, I'm not afraid to talk to them. I understand how they're feeling. Yeah. I can recognize the behavior. I, right. I know it, that was me. Right. You know what I mean? Kids that have been physically abused, yeah. you know, emotionally abused, yeah. you know, neglected, you know, all yeah. like I recognize it. And so what better, like I remember when we got into Quamaine's case, Jesse's yeah. case, yeah. and it was one of the tougher ones. Like our worker says, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. And, but I remember telling you, this is why God had us do this because nobody else would stay with this kid. Right. They would, they would disrupt and send this kid back. Yep. And Absolutely. it wasn't the kid's fault. Right. <laughs> it was the courts and the workers and yeah. the, you know everybody else involved. But it was a nightmare. It was horrible. Yeah. And if it had not been us, you yeah. know, we would have stayed. You know, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have probably somebody else would have just stepped out of the whole thing. You know, there's right. been death threats. There's been all no, kinds of stuff. No, and that's the thing is that um, 
you know, with. But what? Here's a SWAT guy. You know, there's death threats. There's gangs coming after us. There's all this stuff going yeah. on. We're just trying to look after a kid and be foster parents. Right. But here's but a guy that's hit, been through all this stuff and a SWAT cop and all this other stuff. And so I... If you didn't have that training, you would yeah, just I'm run. Afraid, I'm not afraid of these clowns. Right. You know, like I know how to deal with that, right? And and I know other people that will certainly be more than happy to assist in that matter if it, if it comes to that. Like police officers that we know here and, yeah. you know, people that are in the system and stuff like that. So that's obviously why this little boy came to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so I look at that and I go, okay, it was a very, very hard thing to do and way out of my comfort zone, but look at the good that's come from it. And so just going through that has strengthened my faith in God. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's just the daily things that we do. And then as you learn to just say, you know, it's like, like I told you the analogy of getting on the airplane. When I get on a flight, I get on the flight, I go park my butt in my seat, put my bag up First thing I do is, you know, they bring you a refreshment and you have that, you kick back and relax and go, okay, now I'm going to Florida. I got five hours to just, or New York, I got six hours to just sort of relax. Mm -hmm. There's, we're, we're in a, a very thin metal tube yeah. <laughs> flying through the air near the speed of sound. Right. And there's two guys up front that I don't know from Adam that are going to somehow put that on the other side of the country and land on a runway and nobody's going to get hurt. And I don't have any problem having faith in those two clowns. Right. Not clowns. Those two gentlemen. People. <laughs> people. Not gentlemen, women, whatever the case may be. But I don't even now give you have to worry about I offending yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got two airline pilot buddies yeah. that are going to give me a call. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I've, I just have blind faith in them. Why yeah. can't I have in God? Right? right? Why do I think I have to try to control my life and everything that happens to it? No, and, and so, here's the thing for me. Like, this is what it boils down. Why do I even have to explain myself? Because in us Christians, we find ourselves in that position Sometimes often. Um, because to me, is undeniable. Like you just said, you know, mm -hmm. miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, there has been your health. You were given six months to live. He, he healed your heart. The, the the doctors didn't know what to say. I mean, five it has TAAs. Been, it has been so many things. Yeah, you had five strokes, and you have no nothing from it no. no changes in you so here's the thing and the way he talks to me and the way he guides me and so you know what this is me like if you have a problem with it you know you wouldn't criticize somebody because they have uh, a political view or uh, uh you know whatever in their life and they want to be open about it. Mm -hmm. This is this is me. God is a part of my life. God's a part of yeah, every I, minute I, and every second I, of I, my I life. I understand that. I'm not trying to put it down, throw, yeah. you know, put down somebody's throat. Like you gotta have God in your if, life. If I posted on Facebook that I won the lottery and I wanted to give half of it away, <laughs> you know, seventy forty percent of those comments would be disparaging comments because mm -hmm. of you know questioning my decision. So you know, you you're just not gonna you know if you're out there trying to please somebody else you failed already. Right. Okay. There's a hundred percent chance you're going to fail. And so what you do is you, I think, I think the important thing is, is that if you're going to do anything, whatever it is, you commit to that thing. If you're doing it to make somebody else happy, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Right. You do it for yourself and what you're doing. If somebody asks and Rick asked. Yeah. So here's the answer. 
Reckon, Amanda, <laughs> this is the answer, is that God is a part of my life and God I is the center of my life. And he, I know he's the center of yours. Yep. And our whole family is like that. All of our kids, you know, they hear us pray at breakfast and every one of them now wants to pray at breakfast and they all have their own prayers and they all pray for different things, yep. you know, and they all of them are very upset if we're not praying for them at night. If we're not there to pray for them, that's a big thing. Yeah. Now, are, are we going to force it down their throat? No. I mean, I think the temptation is when kids get a little bit older, parents like to use religion as a way. This was Elaine's experience growing up. It's a weapon. Yeah. Well, it's a way to control, to, them. To control their behavior. Yeah. And then, of course, they rebel against that. Yeah. That will never happen in this home. Right. What these kids will get, well, they will get, they'll get grace and love. That's right. what they're going to get. And, and they'll develop their own relationship with God. And it's not for anybody to judge that relationship. You and know? I think that's key what you just said. You know, what, what will help them with is develop their own relationship with God and then the, it's between them and God. Yeah, and if you want to have a debate with me about the existence of God, you're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't have a theology degree. Find somebody else. And frankly, I just don't have the time. Right. I'm, I'm a very busy guy. I got three kids. And if you're asking me to take an hour or five minutes of my life away from my wife and kids and my business and the people that actually care about what I have to say yeah. to talk about some nonsensical thing just because you want to win an argument, you're, you're talking to the wrong well, guy. Well, I know Rick and Amanda are not you're, asking for that because they are Christians. Or if you're offended... <laughs> Go down, go down to Walgreens, buy yourself a Band-Aid, have, have a drink. Else. You know, have, at, have at a bubble bath and get over it, but I'm not going to be able to. If anybody has, listening, has been listening long enough, <laughs> uh, if they have a problem, they're not listening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. But for me, you know, God, God keeps me on the right track. It keeps me going in the direction I know He wants me to go. Uh, and then the right and wrong thing is just, I want to do the right thing. Right. You know, and, and he leads and guides me into what that right thing is. And, and out of it, what and, I get is tremendous note, personal growth. My family's happier. My wife is happier. You know, we've moved forward. And on that note, I'm going to say, you always say, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be a foster parent when we started, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But then mm -hmm. we have three kids under four, three, three, and four. Mm -hmm. And we get an email about those twins. <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing because I'm like, there's no way possible we can take these kids. And you're like, well, I really feel like we should do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's Terry in a nutshell. Well, and, and you are a warrior, but you have the softest heart. Well, this is the thing I don't want to know, but it's like I don't want to go over to the pound either because I come home with 50 dogs, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like there's such a need out there for love, acceptance, grace. And I get that from God. And you know what? We get to give that to our two beautiful dogs, our three beautiful kids, four kids now with Crystal. Yeah. And and then not only Crystal, but there's Crystal's mom that's doing time in the joint for attempt murder right now. You know, she's going to get out at some point and she'll be part of the mix. And right. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, he's going to bring people into your life that need his love and acceptance. Uh, he's not here in a physical presence to do it and that's why we're here yeah and that's my purpose for existing and if it isn't somebody else's fine but that's that's what god means to me is it it gives a purpose to my life gives meaning to my life uh not that this is you know i do everything in faith but i understand now why all the bad things happened I understand why all the pain was there, all the challenges were there. I understand what the blessings are for. And, and, and I've told you this before, 
the biggest change in me was when I came to the realization that God is not here to serve me. Mm-hmm. I'm here to serve God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't expect everybody in my life to live. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to be healthy for the rest of my days. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to be abundantly wealthy the rest of my days. I don't expect easy sailing. I don't expect anything like that. Yep. Uh, what I expect is I expect to serve God and whatever comes my way is for service to him. And that's the way I look at it. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that, I hope that, I hope I answered the question, Rick and Amanda. I hope you guys are doing awesome out here in Florida. If, if you guys, anybody has any more questions, we are here to answer them. Yeah, go to the Unscripted group on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's called the Unscripted group. It's my group and uh, you can get on there and we can have a, a spirited debate. I hope you guys are doing great. Have an awesome weekend. God bless. And we'll see you on Monday.